It's almost universal. Whether it's two wheels, four wheels, 18 wheels, no wheels. So many of us have a special memory involving a vehicle or a story about a car we've loved. Even if you can't tell a crankshaft from a drive shaft, I want to hear the story of the vehicle that moved you. I'm Blake Jackson, and this is Autobiography. This next guest on the Autobiography podcast is none, and, and I have to be honest here, he's my cousin, so he means an awful lot to me, and I've heard a lot of his stories. That's why I asked him on. He's a great storyteller. That's why he's an author. He is a published sci-fi fantasy author. He is a father, technical writer, and editor. Nathan Much, welcome to the podcast. Glad to be here, Blake. So, Nathan, tell us about the vehicle that moved you. Well, you know, I've had a lot of time to think about this since you first asked me to be on your show. Um, and at first I was going to talk about this, uh, this 1982 Ford LTD that my dad got back when we were living in Saskatchewan. Uh, he picked the thing up at a, uh, a police auction for 500 bucks. The thing, the thing would not drive except in uh, second and third. <laughs> but uh, we had another Ford car, a station wagon. And... Um, everything on that station wagon was bad, except for the transmission. The transmission was totally fine, and it fit. Um, yeah, the, the engine in that 82 LTD was uh, the 5.8-liter 351M. And, yeah, we just lucked out that we had the, the perfect transmission to match up with it. Now, that car was awesome. Learned a lot on that car, you know? Was that an actual police car? It was, yeah. It was a, it was a ghost car. If, if people aren't familiar with the term, what is a ghost car? Um, it's just an unmarked police cruiser. Okay. So when, by the time we got it, obviously at, at the uh, police auction, they had stripped it down. So it didn't have any of the police modifications left aside from what they would order from the Ford factory, the, uh, the engine and well, I guess the transmission that they completely destroyed. <laughs> Um, yeah, I, I don't know what the story was on that, but I'm sure it was a good one. Cops were out doing reverse lows or something like that. <laughs> I didn't want to talk about that car. I wanted to talk about the car that I had immediately after that, okay. after I moved to Alberta. And, uh, I didn't bring that, that, uh, 82 LTD with me because, uh, well, I was still pretty young and insurance in Alberta is way more than it was in Saskatchewan. And uh, insuring that car, specifically that car with that engine, it was going to be way too expensive. So instead of that, I got myself a compact pickup truck. It was a 1980 Dodge D50. And if you're having trouble picturing that car, uh, it's the exact same thing as the Mitsubishi Mighty Max. Going to pause for a second and tell you about the Dodge D50. Now, Chrysler had need of a compact truck, but being short on funds and engineers, thanks to the K-Car, they took advantage of an existing relationship with Mitsubishi. Repurposed L200 Mitsubishi pickup trucks became the 1979 Dodge D50 and the Plymouth version called the Arrow. Powered by everything from a 2-liter 4-cylinder to a 3.7-liter V6, the scrappy little Mitsubishi-based truck lasted until a Dodge Ram redesign in 1987. 
you know those little Mazda pickup trucks? Yeah. Yeah, it looks almost exactly like that. It's the that compact pickup, the the Japanese style compact pickup. And Mitsubishi had uh, done a partnership with Dodge, and in uh, 1979 they came out with the Dodge D50. Mm-hmm. And the one that I got was the 1980. Has a an inline four Mitsubishi engine, um, about ninety some odd horsepower, manual transmission, um, great little truck, and here's why I loved that truck. That truck was, it was like a, a member of the family, and not only that, but it was a member of my extended family. All of my friends loved that truck. Well. Who doesn't love a guy with a with a pickup truck when you're young, right? Yes. Hey, can you help me move? Yeah, sure, uh-huh. sure. Uh huh. <laughs> so, uh, yeah, that truck was so beloved by my friends that they gave it a name, um, and I don't know where they got this name from. I'm sure they were uh, just joking around, but they called it Amos. <laughs> Amos, yeah, it was this this uh, tiny little red pickup truck and uh you know the thing it was no slouch it was definitely fast uh it only had 90 horsepower but the thing was so light yeah and you know just like a just like a little rocket you know the thing is a sardine can it's it's just a just a tiny little tin can not much safety going on there it's like a bare bones pickup truck i don't think it even no i didn't even have a, a headliner in it it was just bare metal um no, that that thing, I I wasn't about to to go crazy with that truck, uh, but you know, it was fast off the line. This pickup truck was, in my mind, uh, indestructible. Mm-hmm. I was I was hit twice in this pickup truck. Uh, both times I was at a standstill, and both times there was absolutely no damage done to the pickup truck. So uh, the uh, the first time I was in a parking lot, I was starting to back out, and I noticed someone on the other side of the, uh, the lane in the parking lot. He was backing out too, so I pulled back into my spot, put it in neutral, and just waited, waited for him to be on his merry way. And instead of uh, performing a, a good exit from his parking spot, he just backed right up into me. Oh, and uh, yeah, yeah. So there was a, a big bang and he got out and his wife got out and his wife was screaming at him and you know, he's hanging his head and he's he's looking at my truck and he says, Oh man, I think I destroyed your wait. No, only my only my van is destroyed. And it was. He he couldn't even he couldn't even open the back door on his uh on his van. It was so messed up. And not a lick of damage done to uh done to my truck. And pretty much the exact same thing happened except i was uh, waiting to turn left and this was this was the day before christmas i'm going to pick up uh my sister from work to take her for uh for a christmas dinner and uh this this noise just out of nowhere this big bang but i didn't i didn't feel anything there was a huge bang and i thought wow did someone just get into an accident i don't see anyone and, uh, you know, there, there are cars coming on oncoming traffic in the right lane, but I, I didn't see anyone in, uh, in my lane or on my side of the road. But then I see this little reliant 
uh, like creeping along the side of the road, this tiny little brown reliant, and the the quarter panel on the front is ripped right open. It's like someone took a <laughs> a can opener and just opened up the whole side of the car, right? Just peeled it right back, like uh, like a spiral of metal. And I'm like, oh my god, that guy got into an accident. And I'm still not cluing in that it was me because I didn't feel anything. I heard the bang, but I didn't feel anything. And uh, and the guy gets out of his car and he's waving at me. He's trying to get me to to come over. And I I'm pointing at myself. I'm like, me, <laughs> you, me. And he's like, yeah, yeah, you. So I pull up behind him. And I say, buddy, you got into an accident. Who'd you hit? And he says, you. I hit you. I'm like, no way. So I got out, and sure enough, there was there was some brown paint hmm. on my uh, on my bumper, a little bit of paint transfer, no damage whatsoever. But his car was just messed right up. And uh, yeah, that that's basically the story of this this pickup truck. It it just got me through so much, you know. Yes. So there's uh, an emotional connection to this truck. Oh yeah, yeah. I loved that truck right until the right until the day I got rid of it. When did you get rid of it? Well, um, no, it was just time. Got a got a full size pickup truck, got an F one fifty. So, yeah, just trading up. Yep, yep. Um, who did you sell this truck to? Oh, and have you seen just, it since? We, I had, I did actually see it once after it was sold. Um. The uh, the guy who bought it off me, and I think it was just like a, um, just an an advertisement in. I think I, I think my dad put up an advertisement for it at uh, at a car dealership on like a message board or something like that. I don't know how we used to sell cars back in the day. You know, you <laughs> you, you didn't have Kijiji or Facebook Marketplace or anything like that back in the day, so. Anyways, my dad found a buyer for it. Get on the so telegraph and dot, dot, yeah. dash, dash. <laughs> well, it wasn't that long ago, but yeah. Um, yeah, I saw it a couple of weeks after it was sold, and the guy who bought it decided to repaint it. And he repainted it with what looked like a paint roller. <laughs> yeah, it was, it was the worst paint job I've ever seen. What color? Uh, green. Oh, yeah. He, yeah, he changed it from a uh, from beautiful red to like a I don't know, like a puke green. Seeing a vehicle that you sold, <laughs> especially a vehicle like that that's been with you for a while, it's almost like seeing seeing an ex or eh, kind of a different feeling. But you still have that emotional attachment to it. It's always a weird feeling when I see a car that I've sold. Mm. Well, that truck will live on in my memory. And even to this day, my friends still bring up the times, you know, the crazy times that we had in that, uh, that truck going on road trips and going through, uh, through puddles that were far too deep, spending donuts. So what's your, what's your dream car then? Um, that's a good question. I hadn't, uh, I haven't thought about that in a long time. Um, I've uh, I've got to say, pickup truck. Any any good pickup truck, but it's got to be fast. And you know what? Production pickup trucks are getting faster and faster all the time. Yep. So I don't think I'll have uh, um, a lack of choices. You know, 
All right. Well, Nathan Mutz, thank you very much for joining us tonight. Well, thanks for having me, Blake. To tell us about Amos doing donuts and messing up K cars and getting you where you needed to go. Great. Well, thanks for having me. Yeah. Best of luck to you and the family and getting your really fast truck. You bet. Thank you very much, Nathan Much, Much with a T, by the way, for telling us about Amos, the 1980 Dodge D50 pickup that was the scourge of K cars and all sorts of minivans all over Alberta. It sounds like a really tough truck. If you want to check out Nathan's work, uh, he is an author. He is a technical writer and editor. Uh, Nathan Much with a T dot com for his books, nathanmuch.ca for his writing and his, his editing. Thank you very much for that. Thank you for tuning in for another autobiography podcast, and it's time for another Myth of the Machine. Next on the autobiography podcast, I've been waiting to talk to him since we started. An old friend, Alberta musician. He's played with so many major Alberta country artists, currently playing with Cole Malone, Jerry Toland. How's it going? I'm excited to hear your story because in, in texting about this, um, it was coming through how excited you were. So, Jerry, tell us about the vehicle that moved you. Okay, well, the vehicle that moved me um, is actually my first vehicle. So, as a young man, I used to build houses with my uncle um, when I was 16 out in Golden, B.C. And... Uh, you know, I worked with him all summer and was saving up a bunch of money. I was going to go to Cranbrook to go visit my friends for the weekend because that's where I'm from. And we were driving and we saw a guy broken down on the side of the road. Not broken down, but out of gas. So we're in my uncle's little pickup truck and this gentleman is swearing and kicking the kicking the truck and you know, we're, we pull over to help help him out and He's like, man, I hate this thing. Do you, you know, I want to sell it. And I'm like, really? How much do you want? I just got paid. I got a pocket full of money. Make cash. So um, he goes, give me 600 bucks and it's yours. And being the salesman and the, and the guy that I am, I'm like, how about 400 bucks? And he, he looks at me, he sh he's shaking his head, and he's like, okay, 400 bucks, but you have to give me a ride back to Cranbrook, and you don't get the subs. <laughs> and I'm like, <laughs> I'm like, I get to keep the subs. And he's like, okay, deal, give me a ride back to Cranbrook. So anyways, I buy this truck from him. I'm not exactly legal. I don't even have my license. I live in Calgary, and... It didn't stop me from bringing it home. Let's let's just say that. And maybe a gentleman with a truck of the same look was missing a plate. Right? I was um, young and young and dumb. <laughs> Are you at liberty to tell me about the truck? About the truck. Yeah. So, anyways, I bought a Bronco. A 1981 Ford Bronco. I'm going to pause for a sec and tell you about the 1981 Ford Bronco, part of a line of sports utility vehicles going back to 1966. 
Tonight's Bronco was part of the third generation, which ran from 1980 to the 1986 model year. Cancelled in 1996, the Bronco was brought back to life for a much-celebrated sixth generation in 2021. Through the years, the Bronco was powered by everything from a 400-cubic-inch V8 to the 2.3-liter EcoBoost, and the lineup included some special additions, such as the 1970 Bronco Wildflower, featuring a padded plush dash and psychedelic paint scheme of red, yellow, blue, with a pink grill. It's been my dream truck ever since. So, with the Bronco, unfortunately, a couple of years down the line, um, you know, I was a young man struggling to pay rent and all of these kind of things. And my landlord at the time said, Hey, I'm going to, I'll let you stay here for like six months. If you give me the truck. Right. Yeah. So being young and desperate, I gave him the truck, mm-hmm. signed it over, cried, you know, um, and Nearly, uh, I guess, 20, 20 some odd years later, the truck came back to me and I have it right now and I'm restoring it. That's fantastic. So yeah, it's, it's pretty amazing. I, I have to go back over some of these details, Jerry. You've told us a lot tonight. <laughs> yes. There's a lot to, there's a lot to sift through. So you bought this not broken down, but an out of gas Ford Bronco for $400, 400 bucks. What motor is in that Bronco? Um, so in that Bronco, um, most of them had a 351M. Mine was actually a 1972 351 Windsor that had aluminum heads and headers on it and was all all done up. Really? So it had better than 400 horsepower. I'd put that thing in four-wheel drive and smoke all four tires. <laughs> And it was such a sleeper because it was brown on brown on brown. <laughs> How much did you pay the second time around for the Bronco? Oh, okay. So the second time around, um, I actually I paid five hundred dollars for it, <laughs> which was I, I thought a steal. I mean, it it had deteriorated because it sat in in my family member's backyard for a lot of years Mm -hmm. they held on to it with good intentions and it actually ended up being the intention was getting it back to me so that's awesome um it i mean it's it's crazy that it's even a thing is it drivable yeah it's it's totally drivable it runs great now it doesn't leak a drop of oil um you know i'm getting it ready for paint hopefully this summer it'll be done Good for you. Good for you. So altogether, yeah. $900 all in. <laughs> well, $900 in to buy it. I mean, now I've in the body work and all the other things that I've been doing to it now. I mean, I've sunk, I've sunk, you know, a good 10,000 bucks back into it now. Now I, I have this to ask you as someone who also has a truck in the middle of a restoration and this truck will also take some bucks to uh, get back up to fighting shape, how do you how do you launder this money past the spouse? <laughs> nice. Well, you know, it, the thing is, is I've been a musician for so long, and um, often often get paid in cash, right? Hey. So, I mean, I I 
don't want to admit, but there's there's times that I take it a little extra and I I come home with parts that uh, nobody sees. They paid me in Bondo, honey. What can I do? Hundred percent. I mean, I I wheel and deal, and I do a lot of trading, and yeah. I have a lot of great car friends that help me out a ton. Yeah. Um, I'm handy, but I'm not, you know, a mechanic by any means. Well, save me a spot. I call shotgun. Um, <laughs> nice. I'll have to make a trip out. I agree. Now you're a musician. You're a car guy. You like to cruise. You like your stereos. You like all that. Give us a great song for cruising. Great song for cruising? Well, you know, I don't want to be biased, but right now uh, the, my bandmate and my myself wrote a song called uh, One Man Army, and it's available everywhere across all digital formats right now. So Cole Malone, One Man Army, it is, it is a cruiser. Okay. All right. You heard it here. One Man Army by Cole Malone, co-written by Jerry Tolan. The Bronco! <laughs> this is great. <laughs> This is a t- I want to go out there and get in trouble and, and pick up hitchhikers to see what I might buy from them because it sounds like you've had so much fun. But I thank you for being on the Autobiography Podcast, and I, I'm serious. I call shotgun uh, for whenever you do make it up here. I can't wait to, you know, hit, hopefully hit some car shows when, that, when that's a thing again and uh, get that sucker out there and have turn some heads. Wow. An admission of guilt. But he did what had to be done to get the Bronco home. Jerry Tolan, thank you very much. And, yeah, if you're looking for a great cruising tune this summer, check out Cole Malone, One Man Army on iTunes or the 8-track. I don't know how you get your music these days. But, anyways, thank you for joining us for another autobiography podcast. Check out the social media. Uh, Check us out wherever you download your podcasts. Share us, like us, follow us, tell everyone you know about us and be here next time. I can't wait. Thank you again. Till then, keep your wheels on the road and a tarp on your load.